Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, did you know that one in four people is Chinese? So that's either Greg to my left, myself, Heather to my right, or opposite Kim Jong Song. But I think it's Greg. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show. More questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers. Websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk, radio entertainment, and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I'm huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited. So let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. I told Heather this week that Marie Osmond was about to appear in the world's worst film. She said, Warner Brothers, I said, I think they already know. Welcome to the show, Kim. Kim, Kim Heather. That's, uh, there you go. How wonderful. are you? Did you have a wonderful Christmas? Yes. This is our New Year's show, all our New Year's resolutions. First day of the year, first show of the year. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> we also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim dressed up as a cowboy this week, walked into a German car dealership and said Audi. How are you? <laughs> I would say hello in Chinese, but I don't know how. Okay, thank you for that. <laughs> I'm sure someone will tell us by the end of the show. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Isn't it something like onions, or is that Korean? 
Uh, Onion, yeah, th- yeah. Onions? His, I think it's Korean, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting confused. Onion. That's the sort of thing, yeah. I think that's hello in Korean. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He's also our sound engineer and producer. Greg went into Cabela's this week and asked the assistant for a tent. They replied to camp and Greg replied, Oh, I'm sorry, I'd like a tent, please. <laughs> see what i did there i love this show this is a joy we are on series two episode 43 and 43 is a fabulous number this is our new year's show it is the first of january so i wish everyone the best of luck in their new year in spain a popular liqueur is called 43 because it contains 43 different herbs and spices i couldn't even name 43 herbs and spices no nope. kentucky fried chicken needs to get their finger out i don't know whether that finger was uh, before or after you lick it but it needs to be pulled out i'm guessing <laughs> is this an our good opportunity <laughs> to tell everyone my all-time favorite joke i've told this so many times but i love it and i don't care it's my show what do you call a spanish streaker senior willy <laughs> <laughs> the international dialing code 43 will get you through to Austria. In Austria, teaching sex education to minors involves keeping them in the dark for as long as possible. George W. Bush was 43. He's the 43rd president, number 43. Making jokes about George Bush, though, is uh, too easy, isn't it? And and good fun. (laughs) I remember when George Bush was told three Brazilian people were killed by a hurricane. And he was beside himself and said, oh, no, that's terrible. How many is a Brazilian? (laughs) God's honest truth, I tell you. 43 is the lowest element, atomic number, that does not possess stable isotopes. And if there's a joke in there, you're a better person than I am. I'm going to go to the mailbag. I like receiving all of your Facebook messages, all of your emails, all of your comments throughout the course of the week. Bruce on soundcloud has written the best 10 minutes of radio which is great but our show lasts 60 minutes (laughs) he said he's referring actually to our youtube site more questions and answers with adrian lee on youtube where we have outtakes on there i believe he's also written nice programming so thank you bruce for such kind words and if you wish to go and listen to those and uh, find out what bruce is talking about when he says the best 10 minutes of radio ever then go to youtube Type in more questions than Adrian Lee and uh, you will sit there and enjoy yourself with those. We have a regular listener called Mary on Facebook that says, I enjoyed the show as always. You always make me laugh. But one listener has written, you are not funny. This is the worst radio show ever. And when are you going to get a proper job? And that's Jenny from London. Oh, that's my mother. My apologies. (laughs) (laughs) If you wish to see any of tonight's stories on video or in photographs, you can go to Facebook. All of tonight's stories are there. Join us on Facebook. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. All of our shows are archived. The last three years of shows, it'll be last four years of shows now, seeing we've now breached into 2016. If you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, you will find all of our programming for the last three years. And you can sit and listen to those to your heart's content. And do remember, we have an extra 20 to 25 minutes with each show, like the DVD extras that we can't put out live on air on dark matter radio because they're too laden 
with innuendo. There's a round we do at the end of the show, which doesn't go out live on air, called Not For Your Mother, and I would recommend you listen to those as well. We have a Twitter account. If you go to Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips, we have 74,000 followers on Twitter as well. And finally, if you're wanting something to read this new year, my book, How To Be A Christian Psychic, what the Bible says about mediums, healers, and paranormal investigators is available on Amazon. Now, I have to say, before we start the show, and this is our New Year's Day special, so I have a lot of facts, and there are lots of points to be won, I have to say I got the best Christmas present ever from Kim and Greg. It's in front of me here. They have bought, and it's still in the packet, but I can operate it around the packet. It says it's a fart machine. So I'm just going to give you a flavour of how this works. This is almost like <laughs> a flavour. A flavour. I've got lots of buttons to press. Some Great. of them say things like juicy and uh, princess was a particular favourite. There's one called the ripsaw. You haven't quit playing with it. I'm surprised the battery is still working. Yes, I've got bloodshot eyes from being up all night. <laughs> the thing is, you don't only get a chance to press the buttons. And I will demonstrate this live on. This is what Kim and Greg bought me uh, for Christmas. But there's options to change the pitch and the aliens of the sound, almost like having a wah-wah pedal on an electric guitar. There's buttons you can press and things you can twist to draw the sound out and change the pitch. This is just a joy. So let me give you... Hang time. Hang in time. Let me give you a flavour of this. This is the first one. Um, this one's called Splatter, so I hope you're going to get this. This one goes like this. So the thing is, everything's going really well up until the last part. So you, you're in full control of that for the first five to six seconds. It's just the full stop at the end where you'll know you're going to have to go and check. Do you see what I'm saying? Listen again, right? This one's uh, called the splatter. It's the last full stop at the end of this, the period at the end where you know you're going to have to go and check things out, right? <laughs> see where we are. I'm going to do one more. Here we go. Oh, Let me see. See what happens. Juicy. This one's called Juicy. Ready? Juice anyone? That's going to need bleaching. With the sound <laughs> of my elderly mother farting distantly from the room next door. We have no bananas. <laughs> what a joy. I'm happy to do an hour of that. I don't care. Oh, Let's get rid of the script. I want an hour of that. We are. Our New Year's show. Here we go. I've got a list of facts. She's looking at my answers already. No, What's I'm wrong not. with you? There was some technical issues and problems with last week's show involving the scoring. Mm -hmm. The last five minutes of that show mm -hmm. went out of control and the scoring went out the window and uh, anarchy ensued. <laughs> that will not be the case this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh -huh. New Year's facts. Here we go. I'm going to ask you for numbers, so be prepared to give me numbers, because normally when I ask you for numbers, you sit looking at me blankly like you're number dyslexic. How many pounds of confetti was dropped on the crowd in New York's Times Square last night? To the nearest thousand. Now I'm going to give you a clue. Pounds of confetti. Bearing in mind some poor sod somewhere has got to clear all that up, right? With a dustpan and brush. I'm going to say a ton, which is 2,000. Oh, 2,000. Okay. Kim, what are we looking at here? Double, 4,000. 4,000. Greg. 69,000. There we go. <laughs> it's the quiet ones you've got to watch. Heather's been looking at my notes. It's 2,000. You're cheating again. Cheating. How have you managed to nail that? I don't understand. Because you gave me at least, it has to be, give me a number in thousands. So I'm thinking. Yes, oh. but there's thousands of numbers in thousands. Yeah, I know. 
And, and I you went two. with two? Yeah, a thousand. Yeah. You've got one point. <laughs> I'm not convinced by that game. If you get the next couple right, this game's over and I'm playing my <laughs> fart machine for an hour live on air. What percentage of Americans kissed someone on the lips last night? What percentage of Americans kissed somebody on the lips last night? 83. 83? Guess what Greg's going to do? <laughs> Kim. I'll go below 50% and say 39. 39. 40. <laughs> oh, Greg's stolen the points. It's 44. Oh. 44% of people got a kiss on the lips last night. Did you get a kiss on the lips, Kim? Yes. I'm pleased to hear that. <laughs> that was on Greg's New Year's list of things he wanted uh, to I wish I would have. Yeah, where was, where was Greg at the time? <laughs> wow, did you know about this, Greg? Nope. That's outrageous. <laughs> what percentage of Americans fell asleep last night before midnight and missed the whole thing? Heather. I would have to say 42%. 42. Who missed the whole thing, fell asleep. Was it 44% kissed? Yes. The other 56% fell asleep? That's right, apparently. Some were kissed while they were asleep, but they shouldn't have have left their drinks out in the open, should they? Well, some maybe were awake and just didn't get kissed, so it can't be that. That's true enough. You just haven't thought it through, Greg, and you've made a fool of yourself. It was 22%. Kim, you were just one out. You are getting points. Everyone's doing very well, and the points are being spread around. Ringing in the New Year's dates, apparently dates back to 4,000 years to the Babylonian period by the rivers of Babylon. None of you around this table have ever heard of Boney M, of you, in the 70s? Hmm? No. Brown girl in the ring? Hmm? Ra Ra Rasputin? Hmm? Okay, fair enough. I'm going to have to bring <laughs> some 1970s British disco music into your into your being i'm afraid can't wait but the first new year's dates were celebrated four thousand years ago by the babylonians who celebrated the first full moon after the spring equinox that was their new year's day i'm sure their resolutions were to lose weight and spend less money january the first was made the first day of the new year by julius caesar in 46 bc but american english colonials would not get that until 1752. So you have the British to thank for America celebrating the new year. On the 1st of January, and of course Julius Caesar was very famous for inventing the calendar, uh, an orange smoothie, and I believe pizza delivery as well. There we go. (laughs) Everyone is on one point except myself, but the night is still young. We sprint into the first round tonight, which is Ghosts and Hauntings. I have a story that says, watch terrifying moment. Ghost lifts the lid off milk bottle of semi-skimmed milk. What's semi-skimmed? 2%, madam. Okay. It took me a while to work that out. (laughs) In Britain, your choices are full, skimmed, or semi-skimmed. There's none of this percentage business. Really? I was stumped the first time I went to the chiller in this country in a grocery store and was presented with percentages. I had no idea what any of that meant. Hmm. semi-skimmed milk is where we are if anyone still needed convincing of the existence of ghosts then perhaps this video is it a family from nottingham have got the creeps after they caught a milk carton lid moving on its own this incredibly frightening clip frightening clip you ever seen a lid unscrew itself from a milk bottle it's hardly hardly uh scary i would suggest the green, that was very kind of William Shatner, wasn't it? Do you not think you went a bit William Shatner there? Not really. That was very scary, I would suggest. 
I'm not having a stroke, I promise. If I get stuck tonight, I'm just going to go to the fart machine. That's going to cover a multitude <laughs> of sins, isn't it? Juice anyone? <laughs> oh, it's not working. I've broken it. <sighs> I'm going to have to do my own. <laughs> oh, no. How are we going to be funny now? Wow. In this incredibly frightening clip, so it says, the green plastic lid lifts up for a millisecond, all on its own. It then continues to go up and down without anyone touching it. Uh. <laughs> Danny Kavanagh who, who filmed our listeners can do their own jokes I'm, to, I'm too tired after last night's festivities Danny Kavanagh who filmed the bizarre encounter said my wife went to make a cup of coffee and realised what was going on and called me and I started filming judging by the video the milk in question was a regular bottle of 2% a quick look on Google reveals that Danny isn't the first to document the spooky milk bottle lid phenomenon. Are milk bottles about to take over the world? Well, no, they're not, unfortunately. If people wish to see a lid on a milk bottle going up and down of its own accord, <laughs> creepily and scarily and bizarre, frightening too, according to this particular person, on all things milk-related, I actually got beaten up once in a field full of cows. Did anyone know that? Have I mentioned that before? No. No. Many, many years ago, I was playing golf with an ex-girlfriend of mine, and we was on the tee, and she shanked the ball into a pasture full of cows. And she was too scared to go in. So I climbed over the fence, and I'm looking on the floor amongst all these cows for the golf ball. And I thought I saw a white object sticking out of the back of a cow's rear. Like the golf balls bounced and kind of... I mean, what are the chances? So I went up to the cow, had a close look at it, and it was the golf ball. So I lifted up the towel and said, this looks like yours. And uh, she hit me with a golf club repeatedly. <laughs> That's utter tragedy. <laughs> it is. I've got a scar on my eyebrow from the seven iron she hit me with. You got that? I didn't uh, get it. What, what are you, you? Utter tragedy? <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky. Juice anyone? What have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Psychic accused of scamming member of Lacoste fashion family. Lacoste is a huge company in Europe. Lacoste means alligator, I believe, in French, and their logo, you may have seen it, is a little alligator embroidered. Oh, oh, gotcha, onto gotcha. Their shirts, mm -hmm. if you've seen such a thing. Well, a Colorado psychic is accused of swindling more than $200,000 out of a member of the family that founded the high-end Lacoste clothing company. How do they get away with these things? I have no idea. I'd like to swindle $200,000. <laughs> you can't even swindle twenty. No, I can't. No one's going to lend me that kind of money. What, a twenty? You're right. <laughs> the Times. Heather's on minus one. <laughs> the Times reported that 32-year-old Becky Ann Lee has been charged with felony theft in a scam against Victoria Lacoste, a student at the University of Colorado in Boulder. Authorities say Lacoste started seeing Lee for tarot card readings last year and eventually gave Lee more than $200,000. This isn't a relative of mine, I might add. We're not related. Lee's a very common name. <laughs> okay. It means onion in gypsy language. Onion. That's where the word hello. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there, we yes, see, there we are it again. Means, it means onion. <laughs> well, the word leek comes from Lee. And a leek's just a very strong, long onion. I gotta go it? take a leek. 
Yes, there is that as well. Okay, there okay. you go. Much of which Lee actually spent buying gold coins, and she owns the Psychic Chakra Spa in Boulder. Lee didn't respond when asked for a comment last week at a court hearing where she was charged. The phone number to the spa wasn't working, and its website has been taken down. Lacoste also declined to comment on the case. There. So $200,000 gone in, in what, gold. Did you say a time span? How long? A year. Over, over a year, a year. Mm-hmm. they've got more money than cents. I can't believe it. They must. That woman must. If someone comes back to me for regular readings for tarot, for example, I would say to them, and this has happened to me. People want a reading every other day or every week, and I will say to them, bearing in mind this is detrimental to my earnings, I will say to them, come back in a month's time. You need to have at least three or four weeks between each reading because if you don't implement anything if you don't change anything in your life i guarantee that the same cards will come up in the same places and tell you the same things do you see what i mean yeah a tarot reading is not setting stone if you leave me and an hour later you implement the things your spirit guides were telling you or go out you know go down different paths it will actually change but if you haven't done anything if it's just the following day or the following week you know, detrimental to my earnings, I would say I, I, I'll see you next month. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. But they're unscrupulous, I would suggest. Yes. Unscrupulous as well. They're unscrupulous and unscrupulous. What's the difference between flammable and inflammable? Points to be had. Nothing. You're absolutely right. There is nothing. People got so confused between the two words, and obviously it's important to know which one's which, that they decided to make both of them mean flammable. So people didn't get confused and not know what it was. So inflammable and flammable mean exactly the same thing because people couldn't differentiate between what was flammable and what wasn't. So they made both of them flammable. Do you see where we are? I think there's points to be had there. That's uh, <laughs> interesting. Well, with don't the... put them on yours. Why not? <laughs> why, why would I put them on yours? Because I'm brilliant. Okay, I'll move you up to two. There we go. <laughs> I have a story that says... Body of barmaid stabbed to death by a jealous husband, found by psychic in the woods. The body of a barmaid stabbed to death by a jealous husband was found dumped in woodland by a psychic, a court heard. Medium and close family friend Alison Austin discovered mum of two Mika Cudworth's body after she had been reported missing. The discovery came after Mika's husband, John Cudworth, told his uncle Neil Gilbert over the phone where the body was, the court heard. The family called Miss Austin in and gave her 15 minutes to locate the body before the police were called. She was able to find the body in a field near Eastry, Kent, before officers arrived, Canterbury Crown Court heard this week. Pathologist Benjamin Swift told the court that Polish-born Mika died after being stabbed four times in the chest. The impact punctured both her lungs, causing them to collapse, Mr Smith said. Mika's neck and left forearm were also bruised and the post-mortem exam revealed a blunt force impact to the head. Prosecutors allege Cudworth murdered his wife after suspecting her of having an affair and then tried to cover up her death by sending fake Facebook messages. Cudworth admits manslaughter but denies murder. During the evidence, Cudworth sat in the dock with his head in his hands. The trial has been adjourned until January the 4th. Do you remember... Several years ago, the Gores, Kim and Greg, sat with me here 
had on their land, like many people do in the Midwest, some bodies buried during the pioneer days. So during pioneer settlements, during the settlers' days, in the 1860s, 1870s, when diphtheria epidemics were all the rage, when the Spanish flu, influenza, beriberi, scarlet fever... I didn't know that for a fact. I don't think there was much beriberi. (laughs) These are jungle diseases, dengue fever. Many settlers were told that they had to bury their relatives on their land because they didn't want people being brought into the towns to be buried to increase the chance of catching the disease. It was rife. Do you see where we're going with this? Mm -hmm. So I went out onto the land. I had some dowsing rods. I sat there trying to work out the location of where these pioneers were buried, not knowing They've not been disturbed for a hundred years or so. And if you recall, I kept getting told where to go. I opened myself up psychically to the suggestion of finding those bodies. And I kept hearing right. So I went right. And I was walking through the woods and I heard right. So I went right again and I walked some more paces. And then I heard right. So I turned right again. And then I heard right. And I ended up where I started. And I thought this is ridiculous. Unbeknownst to me, Several weeks later, some historical research was done and the family that was in fact buried on that particular land, those early settlers, those early pioneers, had the last name of Wright, spelt with a W. So I was getting their name coming through. I was walking around in circles, didn't know where I was going. See where we are? I should give myself points. I'm now on four. Kim, (laughs) what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? A woman haunted by ghosts in her loft stunned to discover the reason behind the mystery noises. It was a ghost. A terrified woman who was tormented every night for a month by a ghost in her loft was stunned to discover a fox. It wasn't a squirrel then, no? No. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> Lynn Greenwood was kept awake by eerie scratching sounds coming from above her bed. But whenever she went up to check in the cold light of day, Lynn from Worthing's West Sussex could find no evidence of anything that could make the noise. They bring a priest in with holy water at that point and they're doing Latin and exorcisms. That's your next step, isn't it? Her next step confuses me. Eventually, Lynn became so worried about the noises that she contacted her local animal rescue service who managed to trap the wily fox that was living in her life. It's a wily coyote, not a fox. I was thinking, if it wasn't an animal, (laughs) she contacted her local animal shelter authorities and it turned out to be a demonic entity from the gates of Hades (laughs) and kicked all their ass. And there's a guy standing there with a lasso and a sack and a van on the back. No? Out the back. He didn't have a van on his back. That would be ridiculous. That'd almost be like a snail or a tortoise. Well, if she really did think it was a ghost, why did she call the local animal rescue service? Perhaps she thought it was a dead fox. Maybe. Can you be haunted by the spirit of dead squirrels that you've made jokes about? How many squirrels has Greg planked in his life with a 22? They're all coming back to haunt him. See where we are. they're cute. Yes, that's good eating there, boy. (gasps) Controversial. (laughs) With the hope to catch the animal, Senior Animal Rescue Officer of the Worthing and District Animal Rescue Service, Billy Elliott, set up a trap in the loft with some food. Billy said, Lynn phoned in and explained that she had this awful racket going up in the loft but couldn't find or see anything. I could see that there was a hole big enough for a fox to get to, but I couldn't smell a fox up there at all. It was very strange. How does a fox get up into a loft or an attic? What's he doing? Climbing up drain pipes? He's got ladders... Was You've never seen in? Wiley Coyote, and why didn't she call the Acme Company? Well, the interesting <laughs> thing about Wiley Coyote was it was a coyote, and not a fox. Yes, it wasn't... but this was a Wiley fox. 
relative. It was. Oh, it's a mammal, and it's furry. <laughs> I they see. They had women. to move the trap around like three times before they got it. Really? And it took several, several days. So they must have had the fox was getting water and food from somewhere. It's probably going to the grocery store. When the woman's asleep, it's nipping up the shops. It's getting milk and the lid's coming off by itself. It's crazy. It's madness, I tell you. Perhaps they're they parachuting. they finally catch it. So I, th- I believe it took about four days. And they did finally catch it. <laughs> What's with the boomerang? What with the boomerang? You don't kill foxes <laughs> with boomerangs in this country. No. The gift you can't throw away. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a boomerang. You'll never be able to get rid of it. It'll be with you for life. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. We enter the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men. It's hairy beasties. I have a story here that actually has a UFO involved, would you believe? I know. Who knew? It says, was British policeman abducted by aliens? Former police officer Alan Godfrey had a close encounter with a UFO on patrol back in November 1980. It has just been revealed. The incident took place along Burnley Road in the town of Tormorden when Godfrey had been investigating reports of missing animals in the early hours of the morning. Foxes mysteriously disappearing, mm-hmm. then reappearing again in attics mm-hmm. with 15 minutes of their life missing in a sore bottom. Just as he was about to be given up for the night, he witnessed what he initially believed to be a bus heading towards him on the other side of the road. When he got closer, however, he realised that it was actually something far more unusual, an object that he later described as a large mass. It was a fuzzy oval that rotated at such speed and hovered so low over the road that it was causing the bushes by the side to shake, he said. Greg, have you ever seen a fuzzy oval recently? No. Well, you can add that to your New Year's resolution list. His next recollection was of driving a fuzzy oval. Who sees a UFO that looks like a fuzzy oval? That's bizarre, isn't it? That makes the bushes shake. His next recollection was of driving along the road further at the same time, but with a mysterious object nowhere in sight. Confused, he returned to the spot where he had encountered the phenomenon and discovered a circular patch where the road had been dried in a swelled pattern. He also noticed that his boots were scuffed as though he'd been dragged along the ground. I'm sure many people have woken up this morning on armchairs, sofas, bathtubs around the country with their shoes and boots all scuffed and no idea how they got there. Apparently, though, he dragged himself along the ground and when he returned to the station, he realised that he had somehow lost 15 minutes of time and he couldn't ride his bicycle. He later learned that poli- I made that bit up. That's not true. He later learned that police officers in Halifax had also reported witnessing a brilliant blue white glow in the sky on the same night. A brilliant white object was reported by a lorry driver around three miles from the location of this sighting. After undergoing hypnotic regression in an effort to find out what happened during the missing periods of his life, Godfrey recalled being moved into a strange room where he met a bearded man called Joseph who, along with two robots, interrogated him through telepathic communication. So it's aliens and robots. And, and a man called Joseph. And a man called Joseph. Okay, yes. I'm keeping up. But he I'm hadn't keep... been drinking. No conclusive <laughs> explanation for what he encountered that night has previously or has been found. It's very interesting, isn't it? He, got his, he lost 15 minutes of his life, this policeman, and his boots were scuffed. Difficult to explain why. I do want to mention uh-huh. the police have been in the news a lot this week. Did you know they've just passed a law? Literally, last week, they passed a law in Florida. Not a, in Florida. Florida! A judge! Yay! Yay! 
<laughs> oh, that sounded like a submarine. Wow. God, okay. If anyone's doing a submarine siren out there, they've got problems. In Florida, a judge has recently granted chimpanzees the legal status of being persons. Did you know this? This was on the cards, but chimpanzees have now been... They have legal status as persons in Florida. And yesterday, an unarmed chimp was actually shot dead in Jacksonville as he left a grocery store. A police spokesman said he was carrying what appeared to be a yellow gun. Oh, God. Good times. I love this show. I'm going to give myself points. I'm now on six. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? I've got a man that crashes a car. Okay. This better include some good cryptozoology and a really good UFO story. Well, he was trying. He actually crashed his car while trying to time travel. Time travel. That works. I'm happy with that. Do you like that? Yes. Okay. A man in Nashville, Tennessee, drove his car into a building while trying to enter a time portal. Is this like Back to the Future, but instead of the flames, the car actually hits the building? You're getting there. The 40-year-old, who had apparently believed that driving his Dodge Challenger at high speed would enable him to jump to a different time period, kind of like the DeLorean in Back to the Future movies. Like a DeLorean's ever going to get above 80 miles an hour. Uh, oh. Maybe with a tailwind going down a hill. <laughs> well, his first mistake was the fact that it wasn't a DeLorean and it was a Challenger. Anyway, he was uninjured when police arrived at the scene of the incident on Sunday morning. You must be the first person in the history of radio to say his first mistake was to buy a DeLorean over a Dodge Challenger. No. (laughs) No, his first mistake was to buy a Challenger over a DeLorean. So you'd prefer a DeLorean, would you? Yeah. What, with all their problems and lack of parts? They're cool and they'll never rust. (laughs) That's true, (laughs) but they'll also never be out of your garage. But they'll never rust. Okay, that's great. You've got a non-rusting piece of pig iron in your garage. Hurrah! Fortunately, nobody was hurt. However, the store will require some significant repair work. The man in question, who was not under the influence of drugs or alcohol, ended up being cited for careless driving and has since been sent to a local hospital for psychiatric evaluation. Do you know why he wouldn't have alcohol with him? Because he's in Tennessee, and that's a dry state. I don't think you can buy alcohol there. Do you not need a special license to uh, Isn't that where taste? whiskey's made? Yes, Jack Daniels, but you need a special license to taste it if you work in the factory. There's just dry counties. Dry counties. Not the whole state. Not, not the, the whole, whole state. Oh, you've been so misinformed. Depends. Well, I've no plans to go there and get drunk, to be honest. <laughs> no alcohol has ever passed my lips, madam. Oh, so right up the bottom, then. So I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Hang on a second. What are you doing with that bottle of whiskey? <laughs> Have you got ice and a slice of lemon with that? That's terrible. There's me with my scruples and morals saying I've no alcohol has ever passed my lips. That's a terrible thing to say. That's I'm shocking. Sorry. I know, right? It's one of those big, huge bottles. No, I won't go there. <laughs> I've got a story that says live giant squid filmed off the coast of Japan and underwater cameras picked up rare footage of a large squid in the waters of Japan's Toyama Bay. An enigma of the ocean's depths, the giant squid is so elusive that the first photograph of a live specimen wasn't obtained until 2002 when one turned up off of Goshiki Beach in Japan. 
even today trying to view one close up especially a live one has proven to be extremely challenging and we still know next to nothing about how they behave in the wild last week however a rare opportunity presented itself when an underwater camera in japan managed to pick up rare footage of a four meter giant squid swimming near boat mooring so i'm going to call him billy the squid if you wish to see billy the squid there is video footage of him now available it's pretty cool on facebook it is if you go to our facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee you can see billy the squid off of the coast of japan kim what have you got for me tonight in the round of ufos and cryptozoology i have a glow in the dark diaphanous wow points for kim she throws in diaphanous early first one of 2016 ninja lantern shark found a ninja lantern Lantern shark. shark scientists have discovered a bizarre new species of shark that has been given an even more bizarre name measuring up to 18 inches in length and found only in the dark depths of the sea this unique creature is well adapted to eke out an existence in the gloom at the bottom of the pacific you sure that's not the night shift of the falls factory in detroit (laughs) (laughs) there goes our detroit listeners sorry michigan (laughs) (laughs) discovered by scientists from the pacific shark research center in california the shark was originally named at mopterist benchley after jaws author peter benchley couldn't they just call it colin or something what's wrong <laughs> with billy so much trevor billy the squid meets colin the shark for there kids go. there's a child's book there there is until the killing on the last page what <laughs> i don't know isn't no, there a is film shark. like shark to push isn't there some sort of squid shark combo that we should know about yeah i think it's like sharknado meets squidward squidward <laughs> <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you just making stuff up? Okay. <laughs> it wasn't until the young cousins of researcher Vicky Vasquez got involved in the naming process, however, that it ultimately ended up with the rather unusual moniker of Ninja Lantern Shark. Her name's Monica? No. <laughs> Monica Ninja Shark. There we go. That'd Perfect. be better. That's great, isn't it? Monica That's- the Ninja Shark. You want to be careful, Monique. You, Monique. You want to be careful. You don't get an injury. <laughs> the name is based on the shark's ability to stay camouflaged and to sneak up on its prey using a combination of its dark-colored skin and its ability to emit a faint glow through bioluminescence. Wow, that's what sharks do, isn't it? You're minding your own business. You're walking through the shopping mall. You don't see them. The next minute, they're there. They're taking your wallet. All of a sudden, shark attack. I know, right? They sneak up on you. They're wily. And not in a Wiley Cody kind of way, kind of in a sharky way. See where I'm going? Oh, yeah. yeah. Does that bring to the round the round of UFOs? No, I've got one more story. I'm going to crowbar this oh, in. Oh, boy. I need the points because I lost really badly last week on technicalities. <laughs> Is this the oldest creature on Earth? Hang on, my mother's still sleeping next door. Footage of the 200-year-old monster amphibian is found in a cave. We've got a lot of sea monsters on tonight's show, haven't we? You wait all year. For a sea monster story to come along, and then three come along at once. I want to see a film now with a ninja shark, a giant squid, and a 200-year-old monster amphibian found in a cave. Do you think we can make that happen? I'm going to do a GoFundMe site for this. This is the way to go. <laughs> when 200-year-old monster was born, George IV was on the throne, and Britain was busy winning the Battle of Waterloo. 
This rare Chinese giant salamander measuring 4 foot 7 inches was found by a fisherman who stepped on something soft and slimy. Squidgy. Greg, you ever been to China? No. <laughs> Wang Yong, Wang Yong, isn't that a, like a pop group from the 1980s? Wang Yong contacted wildlife experts. They must be a relative of yours. Isn't one of your relatives, Kim Wang Yong? Maybe. Contacted wildlife experts who moved the amphibian to a nature preserve after finding it was ill. The alien-like animals are called Wawa Ya, which means infant fish because of their cry, which sounds like that of a newborn baby. It was discovered in the Chongqing district of southwest China. The giant Chinese salamander is the largest amphibian in the world and can reach five foot nine inches. I actually saw one of these on the next hole just before I was beaten with a seven iron looking for golf balls in a cow pasture. I believe it was a golf-blooded amphibian. I love this show. We move into the round of the strange and the bizarre. Greg is on two. Heather's on two. Kim is on two. I've got six mm-hmm. <laughs> for having such wonderful noises and sound effects on tonight's show. I have a story in the round of the strange and the bizarre that says hunters find bullets from American Civil War in a 185-year-old alligator's hide. A group of Mississippi hunters who shot and killed an alligator weighing 910 pounds on Sunday were amazed when they discovered that the animal already bore injuries caused by musket ammunitions from the Civil War era. A total of nine spherical projectiles was found, and the various tests and analysis released on them have confirmed that they were indeed fired at the animal in the 19th century. I didn't even realise alligators fought in the Civil War. They kept that quiet, didn't they? Was that like a company? We've had a lot of stories about alligators tonight, haven't we? Lacoste, alligators, all very strange and very bizarre. Nine of the wounds on the animal were believed to have been caused by an Enfield Patton 1853 musket rifle. These old injuries were concentrated around the animal's towel and hind legs, suggesting that the reptile could have possibly been used as target practice by the Confederate troops. The huge animal also bore five other bullet wounds from three different calibers of hunting rifles, as well as many other dents and scars which show that it survived many firearm injuries in the past. It did not, however, survive the 6.5 caliber bullets. Is that 0.5 or 0.50, Greg? I know nothing about these things. 0.50 caliber bullets fired in by the group of amateur hunters from Jackson who were finally able to take it down. This makes me very sad that this animal is 185 years old in the very minimum. It has nine different types of projectiles in its body fired at it from various guns and muskets from the Civil War era onwards. And finally, it's managed to be taken down on a hunting trip. That's terrible news, isn't it? It is. This is very bizarre. I'm going to go on and talk about this in more detail. But there was a Christmas ad, a Christmas commercial for Cabela's on the television this Christmas. I don't know whether you saw it. I posted this on my Facebook wall. Now, I'm not against hunting in any way, shape or form. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. I'm from Britain. We don't really do anything like that. I have no sense of the culture of being around guns. I'm in a foreign country, so I don't have an opinion on this necessarily. But I just thought it was very bizarre that in the Cabela's hunting advert, there's a little boy, and all he wants for Christmas, the only thing he asks for on his Christmas list, is to go hunting with his granddad. To shoot the very deer that just delivered all his presents on a sleigh. 
I find that very strange. You didn't give me what I wanted. I'm now going to take you all out. Quick, Grandad, the sleigh's gone into the killing zone. I found that very odd. This incredible animal specimen brings a whole new perspective on this large crocodilian reptile endemic to the southeastern United States. American alligators have been known for years to live well over 50 years and were thought capable of possibly living as long as 70 to 80 years old. But this unique specimen was estimated to have been 185 years old at the time of its death. Other reptiles like turtles have also been known to have lifespans of 150 years. But it's the first specimen of crocodilian nature, I love that word, crocodilian, of old age ever found. It's also one of the biggest alligators ever killed in the United States. The heaviest ever recorded, weighing a staggering 1,011 pounds, was pulled out of a river in Alabama in August of last year that one was actually present at the gettysburg address and had once had tea on the lawn of the white house with mary todd lincoln does an alligator in mississippi wearing a baseball cap and a vest does that make it an investigator (laughs) (laughs) heather what have you got tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre police say they have arrested a bearded woman in a stabbing. A bearded woman in a stabbing. Was yeah. she from Wisconsin? No, she's Ooh. from San Diego. <laughs> Kim! Controversial. Bye, that wasn't me. If anyone's listening in Wisconsin, that wasn't me. I never said that. In San Diego, police say they arrested a woman described as weighing about uh, 400 pounds. Almost like the alligator. A, Did she have like nice with, spherical objects inside her? With a beard in a stabbing of a man who just asked for a cigarette. Police late Thursday night arrested the woman, say uh, that she stabbed the man in the neck on Wednesday. Police officer Robert Himes tells the San Diego Union Tribune that the 39-year-old man had walked up to a woman and a group of others and asked them for a cigarette in the city's East Village. They say the woman then told the man to get away from her things before stabbing him and then running away. I don't know how she ran away. She was 400 pounds. She rolled away. Well, yeah. <laughs> like the bank robbers in the wheelchairs, right? I think so. Well, there was a guy about three or four years ago in Germany that managed to rob an electrical oh, yes. store of yes. a television and he had no arms <laughs> yes yes that's true i believe his name was hands oh uh, <laughs> they say the heavyset woman with facial hair was wearing a white shirt and jeans so they put a description out when they were looking for her. so they're looking for a bearded <laughs> 400 pound lady with a white shirt and jeans can on. i suggest the circus how would that be <laughs> the man was hospitalized but he is expected to survive so is that so all's well that ends well that's right that's terrible (laughs) i have a story here that says christmas is a time when families crowd around gifts are exchanged and food and drink is frequently consumed to excess it's also the time when all of these things plus pets weather and more can combine to pull disaster out of the jaws of a nice post-lunch snooze to illustrate the dangers insurance provider r.i. AS looked back at some of the oddest claims from the last few years and there are some real corkers in there. December has been a particularly lively month for claims in the past with some bordering on the quite bizarre said Mark Hansen. Excited grandchildren and lively animals can be the chief culprits for claims with expensive new gadgets and carpets at risk. Here are the oddest festive claims just to remind you that however annoying Aunt Florence is it could be far 
far worse. There's one here that says, dressed to impress, a 64-year-old woman from Salisbury was the victim of a salad dressing explosion, leaving not-so-tasty dining room damage bill of £1,450. Oops. You ever heard of salad dressings exploding? No, is they there used a ghost in, nearby? Is there a what? Was there a ghost nearby? What? Undid the lid? Undid the lid and the whole thing yeah. came out. That would be dangerous, wouldn't it? They threw these. They used this in the First World War. The British, salad dressing? Yeah, we'd go running up to the German trenches. They'd go, Achtung, schnell, we'd throw in salad dressings and run. It was dangerous. <laughs> yeah, really bad. Terrible. Thousand Russian? Island was the worst, eh? Russian? No, we wasn't Russian anywhere. <laughs> Of course, the Germans retaliated straight away with uh, cocktail sauce. The whole thing was very messy. Yeah. Mm. Terrible to do. It's much not, it's not spoken about much in the First World War. My great-granddad wouldn't speak of the great salad dressing explosions. Yeah, I don't read song. about that in my history books either. No, you don't get told this kind of thing. I know. Well, Americans it's underground. Think, well, you think the First World War started in 1917, didn't you? It didn't? No, we were throwing <laughs> salad dressings. And various other concoctions at one another for four years before that, three well, years before that. This is where we are. Mm. Our salads were being dressed in the trenches way before you guys came along. Pants, shoes. Everything. Terrible. <laughs> There's another one here that says a Twilight drone. A woman from Tunbridge took advantage of the good conditions to fly her new 680-pound drone. However, things took a mysterious turn when... Having turned away to shield her eyes from the sun, looked back to see her unmanned aerial vehicle had inexplicably vanished whilst airborne. I thought, and I could be corrected here, that if a drone loses contact with the ground, it will naturally come back on its own. Or am I getting confused? Does that happen? Is there yeah. models that do most, that? Most of them do that. So I think she's actually uh, taking advantage of this and trying to swindle her insurance company. I'm going to get onto them now and say that there's fraud involved with this. There's another one that says, Stop hammer time. Whilst working upstairs, a Belfast man's three-year-old daughter decided to get her hand on one of Daddy's hammers. The downstairs TV was the target, and Dad came down to find £400 worth of damage done by a very excited toddler. Squatting squirrel. Everyone wants to hear this story, don't they? A South End man was a victim of an unwanted house guest. A still-at-large squirrel moved into the attic next to the fox and promptly chewed through the water pipe with the ensuing deluge costing £322 worth of damage. They're little buggers, aren't they? They've got few redeeming features, is the squirrel. Oh, You see what I'm saying? They're what, cute. What do they benefit? What do they do? They're cute. One last one here. Canine Calamity. Whilst painting the hallway, one Cardiff family accidentally let the dog out of the kitchen. The excited pooch. Hang on, I'm going to let the dog out of the kitchen. There we go. Whilst painting the hallway, one Cardiff family accidentally let the dog out of the kitchen. The excited pooch proceeded to jump into the paint and run around the carpet. In an attempt to catch the dog, the daughter also knocked a hot iron off of the ironing board, adding burns to the stains on the floor. The carpet, which was damaged to the tune of £636. I'm just amazed that anyone in Wales Cardiff actually owns an iron, because that means at some point someone's had to wash their clothes. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Strange and the Bazaar? A Roman sword allegedly found off Oak Island. Oak Island? I've got problems with Oak Island. I've had Oak Island up to here. And for our listeners, I'm now pointing to a space above my head to the tune of six inches. You're obsessed. Oak bloody island. You're obsessed. Three seasons I've sat watching Oak Island. They found a button and some coconut fibre. 
I've dedicated. This is like the series Lost that you start watching it, and then eight series later, it's a bloody dream. I'm sick of bloody Oak Island. Okey pokey swamp. Okey pokey swamp. They've actually found something. What is yes, it this time? A hairpin. I don't believe it. They've planted that there to get a fourth series. It says, a remarkable new find has suggested that the Romans may have visited North America 2,000 years ago. Located on the south shore of Nova Scotia, Canada, Oak Island has long remained a place of mystery and intrigue. Its most prominent enigma, a strange booby-trapped shaft known as the Money Pit, has claimed the lives of many who have sought to unravel its secrets. Now, however, researchers led by historic investigator J. Hutton Pulitzer claim to have discovered evidence that it was actually the Romans who first set foot on the island, having arrived there almost 1,500 years before Christopher Columbus set out on his voyage to the Americas. I was going to say the Romans were knocking around between 0 AD and 400. I mean, you've got to remember it was the Romans responsible for the crucifixion of Christ. Now, you're absolutely right. That's 1,500 years before Columbus, you know, was a scratch in his daddy's pocket. Yep. Um, and there's others that are claiming before Christopher Columbus as well, but um, this would be at least 1,500 oh, years. Oh, there's Viking artifacts all over yes. Minnesota. I mean, mm-hmm. there is a reason why yep. it's called the Minnesota Vikings. They found rune stones and axes and buttons and shoes and coconut fiber and all kinds of things. It's been There are museums up here in Alexandria that have Viking artifacts in them. Uh, The claim centers around the finding of what is believed to be a Roman shipwreck off the coast of the island and a Roman sword that was recovered from the water water within its vicinity. Some years ago, a man and his son were scalloping off Oak Island, which sees them hang a rake-like object off the back of their boat. When they brought this up, the sword came up with it. They thought they were going to get into trouble due to restrictions in Nova Scotia, which made all private shipwreck diving for treasure outlawed. So they freaked out about it. The man passed the sword on to his wife when he died, and then from there it went to his daughter before eventually ending up in the hands of her husband, who decided to come forward with it. According to Pulitzer, the sword's metallic properties matched those of genuine Roman weapons, and the shipwreck from which it allegedly came still remains untouched at the bottom of the sea. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is Roman. I think this is the single most important discovery for the Americas, an event that will rewrite history, he said. The thing that makes me smile the most about that is they've spent three or four years on Oak Island. They've spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on drilling equipment, huge plant excavating caterpillar machines. They've got divers, sophisticated sonar, geophysical tracking devices. And this is a couple in a boat scalloping with a rake. That makes me smile. That makes me very happy. <laughs> I shall give you points. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I am going to Port St. Lucie, Florida. Some, hey, Florida. Hey. Let me finish that with a... Oh, oh dear. That was the princess, wasn't it? You've nailed it. Points for Kim. <laughs> a woman is facing a charge of battery for fighting with her husband, uh... He couldn't stop passing gas. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's he true. Can we just do that again? Oh, what are we? No. <laughs> Thank you, Kim and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Fitzroy Mickey told police his wife, Dawn, elbowed him on the arm when he passed gas in bed. 
This happened early in the morning on December 11th when Milky. Uh, Milky? Sa- yeah. Who's said Milky? She, said she eventually kicked him out of bed because his flatulence just wouldn't stop. His wife's called Milky. Yeah, that too. No, that's their last name. Their last name's Milky. Yeah. Milky, Mickly, something like You're that. You're making these things up. Mr. and yeah. Mrs. Milky, what would you like to call your son? Ima? Oh, the victim said his wife let him back into bed, so that was very nice of her. He passed gas again, according to the report, and she started to kick and elbow him again. Uh, Milky said he held his wife for his own safety. I under think, the covers. Yeah, he held her under the covers. For her own safety. Wow. For her own safety. Yes, during the struggle, she suffered struggle. a split lip, and he suffered several scratches across his chest. Dawn called 911. Police said she also sprayed pepper spray to keep her husband out of the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, Police actually arrested Dawn for domestic battery and took her to the St. Lucie or Lucy County Jail. That sounded like a bullfrog. That's terrible. That's the mating cry of a bullfrog. That's what men get for farting in bed. I I didn't even use the machine for that one. What, for farting in bed? (laughs) <laughs> for the no, sound effect sound like the-, <laughs> the battery ran out 25 minutes ago if you hadn't realized <laughs> this is how things are i have one more story here for the strange and the bizarre have you got another one there no i'm good you're good are you yep. i'm gonna get some more points it says bizarre clip shows cars levitating in china several vehicles are mysteriously forced up into the air as they approached a busy road junction the bizarre video, which was recorded in the city of Xingtai, captured the moment that a car was suddenly pulled violently upwards into the air. Someone on the back seat, passing gas, isn't it? Before slamming back down on the road again. At around the same time, two other cars can be seen experiencing the same phenomenon. Since appearing online, the video has gone viral, with many internet users speculating over what could have possibly caused the vehicles to fly up into the air. The answer, as it turns out, lies in a large steel cable that had been falling on the road. The truck on the right can be seen snagging the cable and pulling it tight, lifting the cars as they drove over it. I didn't realise that. I'd seen this clip on YouTube, and it looks like two cars suddenly get thrown into the air. I didn't realise, and they've now added this at the end of the story, that there was a steel cable that got caught round another car, another truck, that then pulled those two cars into the air. I know, it's crazy. It's very bizarre, and if people wish to see that, they can go and look at our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. We're now into our final round, which is, of course, not for your mother. It's the round where if your mother is easily offended... If your mother's snoring distantly from the room next door or being very gaseous, now would be a good time to take her outside and put her in the garden. Any small miners that are not Austrian need to remove themselves and be out of the room. This is the round of the stories of the week that are laden in innuendo. The ones that are a little bit cheeky, a little bit saucy. I'm looking at you, Heather. Why? Cheeky and saucy. Would you like to start the round of the not for your mother? What have you got for me? I know where I should have spent Christmas. Maybe next year. Hawaii. No. London. Well, let me tell you. Volunteers give away free marijuana joints to the homeless on Christmas Eve in Denver. What about food and shelter and warmth? How would that be? They're trying to raise raise awareness. (laughs) Raise awareness. You did get some. uh, What, last night? Marijuana, yes. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only way they can spend any time with me in the same room for an hour. Just to take the edge off, is it? Yeah, Yeah, I see where we are. 
A local nonprofit hit the streets of downtown Denver on Christmas Eve and gave away a thousand free pre-rolled marijuana joints to the homeless and anyone else who wanted one. So they just didn't care anymore. No, you would take one, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas and a puff puff New Year's, said one woman who accepted a joint. (laughs) I love you. You're my best friend. You're your family. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be Romania. Uh, Nick Desenzo, the founder of Cannabis... See, I told you it was Romania. Uh, the founder of Cannabis Ken and one responsible for handing out the free weed said they're trying to raise awareness about homelessness and encourage people to donate to their cause. Cannabis Ken? Was that like Barbie's partner? Uh, it must be. Didn't Barbie? <laughs> Cannabis Ken? Yes. He was like the more laid back version. He was the cool one. He was the cool Gang one. Ten, bro. Yes, who yeah. drove a big black saloon car with the tinted windows. Or, you know, the surfer dude. That's right. Yes. Uh, The cause is to raise money to buy several RVs and provide restrooms and showers for those in need. Now, you've not said that properly. What? It's RV. RV. Yeah, I don't think they say it like that in Colorado. You the boar's been jerking off in the back of my RV. You've been waiting all year to say that. (laughs) All year. (laughs) Don't don't encourage it. This point's to be lost. Desenzo said their goal is to use the weed for a good to bring people together and to make a difference. Cannabis can make a difference. It's kind of what we're standing for. I don't even remember, man, that I was hungry. I don't even remember (laughs) that I had frostbite in my toes, man. What do you say to people who don't agree with what you're doing, asked Denver 7 reporter Jennifer Kavalowski. That will do. Yeah, I know. Merry Christmas and happy cannabis. Would Cannabis. you like some rolling papers for tobacco? Repi- replied. 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 Would you like another one? Pie-eyed de- descends over. Well, well, would you like me to light that up for you? Ear. <laughs> You'd like me to light up your ear? <laughs> I don't know what to say. I think it's puff puff give, isn't it? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I believe in Colorado. It's- I believe in Colorado too. Hurrah for Colorado. <laughs> Home of the Stanley Hotel and the Puff Puff Christmas. I have a story that says woman finds shoplifting suspect in husband's pajamas. Deputies oh. say a wife thought her husband was having an affair when she found a 22-year-old woman wearing his pajamas. Turns out the woman was just hiding from the law. The Volusia County Sheriff's Office said in a news release... That's in Florida. Yay! Yay! <laughs> That Erin Rice slipped into the couple's Deltona home on Sunday after escaping from a deputy who arrested her for shoplifting. They said she washed her clothes, showered, took a nap and then tasted all their porridge. (laughs) (laughs) You break into someone's house, wash your clothes, have a shower and then take a nap. That's ridiculous. (laughs) The Orlando Sentinel. Yeah, she should have done the dishes first. I know. Reports... (laughs) When the 73-year-old woman first saw Rice, bearing in mind she thought this woman was having an affair with her husband, she's 73. Do you see where we are? Yeah, I got That's 22. That shows a lot of ambition, doesn't it? It does. On behalf of her husband. She thought her husband was cheating on her. The husband was playing golf. When he returned, he swore he'd never seen her before, and he showed her a photograph of a picture of a cow's ass with a golf ball in it. (laughs) <laughs> Not knowing she was on the run, the couple drove Rice home. Later, they contacted authorities who arrested Rice. Can they now be arrested for aiding and abetting if they helped a felon? Abetting? That's right. 
aiding and abetting. <laughs> Have you never heard of aiding and abetting? Is that something that's British, is it? No, I'm thinking abetting. Yes, was I got that first time round. It was utter rubbish. Yes, it is. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> High five. We've agreed on something. First, first show of the new year. That's the first high five I've ever had from you in three years of doing this show. <laughs> do you know that? Let's do another I know one. I missed. Usually it's your face. <laughs> wow. You're now a minus two. It's outrageous. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Brandon Wilson just can't stop hiding drugs in his rectum. Really? You wouldn't want to smoke them, would you? What? No, no I'm not smoking his ass. I'm smoke. You wouldn't want to... Smoke what? That's really Continue good on. shit, You're man. Kind of dig in there. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to go to the bathroom. For the second time this year, Wilson, 26... Has- second time this year? Yes. But we're not... This is only one day. It's the 1st of <laughs> January, King. Well, he's been arrested uh-huh. and accused of hiding baggies of drugs in his rectum. Wow. Damn near killed him. Blew him apart. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Third one of the year. The latest incident is alleged to have occurred on November 29th, according to a Lynn County Attorney's Office criminal complaint. Wilson was arrested on an active arrest warrant and taken to the Lynn County Jail. Hang on, me drugs are coming through. Oh, there we go. There's a baggie for you. At the jail, officers discovered, get this, 51 baggies of crack cocaine and marijuana in Wilson's rectum. Am I the only person who's imagining like a garbage sack? Same. 51 baggies, yeah. That's, wow. So ladies, if you ever want to know where to put your money. There you go. (laughs) Wilson also had more than $1,700 cash on him. Wow. In there? didn't say in there. It said on him. Oh, see, I was psychic there for a second. (laughs) Yes, but it was only for a second, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The crack cocaine, which weighed more than seven grams. Wait, he hid crack in his crack? He's going there. (laughs) Have you got anything to declare, sir? Only the crack in me bottom. (laughs) going to be a long afternoon, isn't it, at that stage? That was a messy Sunday. Well, it did not have a drug tax stamp attached, according to the authorities. Wow. So where did that get stamp on your crack? I've no idea. I've got a tattoo on my bottom that says made in Dagenham. Wilson has been charged with possession with intent to deliver crack cocaine and Iowa drug tax stamp violation. Intent to deliver? Yes. Yes, He was pushing. I got to go make a delivery. Hold on. Hang on. I'm pushing. He's pushing drugs. Oh, I get it. See what I did there? I saw that. In a previous incident in February, Wilson was charged with possession of a controlled substance with intent to deliver, possessing contraband and a possession of a controlled substance after authorities alleged he tried to sneak 109 baggies of crack cocaine into the Lincoln jail. Let's hope he hasn't got a license for a concealed (laughs) weapon. (laughs) These drugs were also found in his rectum, bringing the total number of baggies found in Wilson to 160 for the year. Police are looking into it. (laughs) Wow. Lynn County Sheriff Brian Gardner said at the time that his office does not track the contraband that is sometimes sneaked into the jail, but he suspected Wilson's Hall was a record. That's the reason we conduct strip searches. 
A plea hearing in the February case was scheduled for December 22nd. Wilson has a previous conviction for possession of crack cocaine in Lynn County from November 2014. My question is, it's already been found there once. They're going to look again. Yes. You always go Why? back to the scene of the crime, don't you? There we go. <laughs> She's my brown-eyed girl. All right, I got Do a last one. Do you remember when? Are you ready or what? Fa la la la. Go on. It's a good one. I'm. It needs to be. All right. Standards are slipping. We're going to Minnesota. Uh oh. Is that a round of applause <laughs> or a cheer? We're I not going. Know. We're already there. Well, a man actually pulls a pistol on a St. Paul sex shop clerk. He demands a new penis pump. Put the dildos in the bag and no one gets hurt. Yeah, a man fled from a St. Paul adult sex shop Wednesday night after pointing a pistol at the clerk's head demanding a working penis pump. I'm guessing maybe it did work and he just didn't have anything to work with. It's just whatever. not my bag, man. I've never seen that before. It's not oh, wait. my thing. <laughs> oh, God, I just read this next line. Please say he remains at large. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing they're not... They're not looking for a hardened criminal. <laughs> According to <laughs> Can you imagine having a lineup like the usual suspects where you unzip, you're all standing in a line, you unzip your trousers, <laughs> it's all hanging out, and there's some old lady got to walk along the line. No, it's not number one. No, it's, it's not number two. Oh, number three. Well, there you go. <laughs> According to the report, the suspect walked into Viva Video at 918 University Avenue. Hang University on, slow down. Avenue. 918. <laughs> Was there a zip code? Uh, St. Paul. Okay. 55101. Uh, oh. <laughs> wow. It's a bit early for that. <laughs> well, he walked in there to exchange a penis pump he had previously purchased, claiming that it didn't work as advised. Uh, the clerk argued that any problems were due to operator error. Greg's got a frequent <laughs> user card. He's going to get me 10%. <laughs> That's a punch card. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that. Please say he remains at large. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's sweet. Good times. <laughs> good times. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery, the first show, the first day of 2016 is greg is on two points i am in third on six points and in resplendent first place tied for the 33000 dollar ir camera on eight points each is kim and heather do not fear listener we are back with a whole new bunch of fart related stories next week at the same time and i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of flatulence the paranormal squirrels the strange intriguing bizarre and just plain weird tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee you can also join my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips and at the top of the hour here we're finishing tonight but if you wish to carry on and listen to us on soundcloud you're welcome to do so go to soundcloud.com type in mqta radio and we're about to do another 20 to 25 minutes in a round called not for your mother my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris Yaton drainer kim and greg gore and all at the international paranormal society at intparanormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota 
it just remains for me to say have a fabulous year and a fabulous 2016 thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night <laughs>